Yo, is this seat taken? Uh, yeah, it is. All right, welcome back to Is the Seat Taken? Uh, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. We back. We back. Uh, this season is not even going to be a season. We're just going to keep on going. Like I, I just want to keep Is the Seat Taken going. Uh, I put the season one on pause once protests and uprisings for Black Lives Matter started happening all summer. That's where a lot of my energy was in general, and you know I felt like March was a great time to relaunch. So here we are. I first want to introduce someone that's really awesome. Her name is Isabella. She is my producer. I hired her in December, I want to say. Yeah, we've been like slowly cracking at it. So here we are. Um, she's going to help Yay. make Is the Seat Taken even bigger and better than before. I wanted to come swinging with this first episode a little bit. Yeah, and there's been a lot of conversations, personal conversations I've been having with people in regards to interracial dating, uh, the fetishization that happens. I said it. I've been having such a hard time saying that word. I said it. I nailed it. The fetishization that happens uh, specifically when it comes to black men dating white women or black women dating white women and how the fetishization can happen from both sides and just like, you know, conversations that should be had right off the bat and how not all the time, but a good percentage of the time, those relationships can fail due to certain reasons and circumstances. Um, I wanted to invite my really, really good friend Jasmine back on the show. If you don't remember from last season, we did an episode on being a mother in the industry. That was a very fun one. And yeah, she's back. She's this beautiful woman that has really made, been making a huge impact on my life, and we've been growing closer over the COVID months. So, yeah, thanks for coming. Yay! Yay. Anytime. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I don't know where we should start, but I, I guess we could we could start with your own personal experiences with mm -hmm. interracial dating and your your like concerns and like the good and the bad and all that yeah. stuff yeah for sure um so i'm dominican and i'm black so in a, in a sense i guess i'm a product of an interracial relationship to some degree dominicans are black people but um my latin descent and my black descent so it was also it was always like very interesting to like grow up with that aspect of having like two sides of myself um and I think it made me hyper aware when I got older of like discussions that need to be had between people that are in interracial relationships because like you could vibe you could like do whatever um have a great time but there are certain conversations when it comes to like an actual relationship like in depth and when especially when you have children that um i feel like are very important to have so like for example i never got like the sit down 
black talk. Like every um, black household does a black talk with their kids to which you kind of explain like encounters with police, like how to behave yourself, how to whatever, make yourself less, I guess, abrasive to the world, if that makes any sense. Like how to, you know, survive. So I never got like an actual like sit down one. Um, But I can remember like the importance of having one. My younger brother, he's uh, eight years younger than I am. When uh, Tamir Rice got murdered. Um, And we had to sit him down. He was, he was 13 at the time. So Tamir Rice was 12 when he was murdered. Um, And we had a conversation about, you know, how to talk with police, how to like, if anything happens, because again, I'm from Tucson. So it's a predominantly white area. Yeah. And for me, that was like super heartbreaking to have with my younger brother, because I was like, oh my God, like, I can't believe I'm having this conversation right now. And I remember my mom telling me that she had contacted my dad um, to reinforce the conversation that was had. Um, and to talk about it like as a man and my dad straight up was like why am I having this conversation mm. and she was like furious and she was like mm. your son is black like you're Dominican and you're black but like your son is a black man like yeah. he's a young man and my dad truly thought it was like a whatever type thing so that was like my first instance of being hyper aware of like blackness in relationships yeah uh, and again growing up in Tucson, you see tons of interracial dating and sometimes it's you see white women latina women fetishizing black men sometimes you see the same thing happening for black women and you see on the flip side of things like black and brown people fetishizing and wanting to only be with white people. And that was always like an interesting thing that I didn't fully unpack until my adulthood. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Which is like very odd. Like I dated plenty of white people back home and even into my early twenties before I met Q and when you're younger, it's something that, like, you don't always realize that, like, oh, why would somebody say, like, oh, you're a spicy Latina or, like, you're a strong black woman or, like, yeah, and, like, they, those are things that they, like, they admire about you and you're, like, wait, but I'm so much more than that. Right, right. Like, there's so much more to me. Yeah. Also, I think sometimes when you're younger, not all the time, but, you know, sometimes with microaggressions, you don't, like, it, it sometimes doesn't click. From, yeah. my, from what I've heard. <laughs> I, I yeah. haven't experienced it personally, but just from conversations I've had. Yeah, definitely. It, it it definitely takes you a moment to be to look back and be like, oh wait, like that wasn't that wasn't it. That was really that didn't feel good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What what do you think it is um rooted in? Like the fetishization, fetishization of it all. There we go. <laughs> um, I think honestly, I can't. I can't tell you. There's 
there's a couple of like theories just from like what I've noticed. There is the like with certain like white women who go after black men, it's oh I'm a white woman. Like I've got, you know, I've got a fat ass, I've got like I'm thick, whatever the fuck. Like it's easy. They're gonna always totally. go. Totally. That kind of sucks because I I know it's not a conscious thing. I know it's very subconscious. And then a lot of it is like this like type of like rebel behavior, which I've seen. Mm. Where it's like all of a sudden you go from plain Jane ass, suburb ass type of person to like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to go do this now. Yeah. Kardashians. And I'm like. Kylie Jenner. <laughs> I yeah, feel like those yeah. are those are some two pretty good examples of, of all that, right? Yeah. And I'm like, and it's, if you're going to do it, just be aware. Just be very aware and be very like intentional about showing up for your partner because I watched a TikTok that um, phrases in a way that I've never been able to even think of, like articulate even. And she had said as a black woman um, in the dating scene, you have to find a, a space of safety in your relationships and being a black person, it's hard to find safe spaces and so, like, in a relationship, you have to be really intentional about that. Like, can I use the N-word? And my partner not be like, ooh. Like, can I explain that, like, oh, when I went to the store, this person said this and made me feel a type of way and not be like, oh, well, they were just, they might have just, like, had a bad day. Yeah. Which not being, like, for. the devil's advocate of it all. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to be, if you're going to get into an interracial relationship, you kind of have to be very aware of a life that you're not always going to understand. And then be proactive and engage in the conversations. Like, right. you have those conversations. You know, you're going to have to be a little uncomfortable or like not fully try to fully grasp the anxiety of a black person going to meet your white family or your Latin family for the first right. time. Right. Like that's a lot of, that's a lot of stress, a lot of pressure and totally. meeting your white friends are like, Oh, is my music taste? Like if just like random things that you're constantly thinking about as a black person and you're not necessarily doing it like consciously but deep in the back of your head, you're always, it's like always there. It's always this yeah. like added anxiety. Yeah. So if a person, if you're dating interracially, you just have to be aware of that. And you have to like be willing to be shook a little bit when these conversations happen or when like you're suddenly aware that, oh, we're very different at totally. times. We can have right. same interests. We can have same this, but like our, the way that we walk through life is very different. And I, you know, I think when it comes to uh, interracial dating, that that tends to get lost a lot, right? Like it, it tends to get from from not the BIPOC side, but from the other side. Like mm -hmm. it, it tend for dating a white person, I'm sure is like you're not as hyper aware of these things, you know. Mm -hmm. And if you're 
partner isn't hyper aware of those things, then how are, how are you going to feel safe? Yeah. As BIPOC identifying, whatever that may be, you know? Yeah. Um, also, like, when it comes to having kids, like, I, I'm going to reference a TikTok like you did earlier, but I've been following um, this one creator. I, I forgot the handle of their name, but uh, they go in depth about, <clears throat> excuse me, what it's like to have, you know, be mixed and have a white mother. She, she's black, but she has a white mother. And she's like, my white mom failed me. Like, I didn't know how to do my own hair until I was in my 20s. Yeah. And, you know, there, there's there's so much, like, layers when it when it comes to it. And, you know, like, like you said, like, if you're not ready to get uncomfortable and have those, like, really uncomfortable conversations, then... Mm-hmm. Kind of, kind of, it's like, what's, what's the point, and what, what is really happening there? Yeah. Also from, from the BIPOC side, like, why, why aren't you having those conversations either? Because, because, in the end, it's like, if you're having a child, like, why wouldn't you want to have those conversations too? You know. Exactly. What I mean? Exactly. And it, it's, it's just like a really interesting conversation. I remember you and I were talking. Um. I think this was like a month ago um, and I was texting you and you were like, yeah, there's like, it's like almost a form of escapism when black men date white women and they're not willing to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. I might've like paraphrased that, but. No, but that's very true. Cause it's like, if you, if you seek after, you know, certain white women, you don't have these conversations and these conversations tend to come up. And your first course of action is to, like, dismiss or to be, like, I'm not going to have, like, a, you know, a dialogue. It's just going to be, like, well, you don't, you don't understand. So, like, like, chopped you right off. It's, you're, what that's telling me is you're dating white women just to date white women and you don't want accountability as far as, like, being in an actual relationship. And, like, if that's what it is, then, like, just say that. Mm. Like, I don't want to be held accountable in any type of way. Also, I have a huge problem with black men that are like, I love black women, I love brown women, blah, blah, blah. And then I only see you with white bitches. Like, honey, what is you doing? Yeah. And yeah. to segue that, the ones that are like, oh, I love I love black women. Like, black women are great, but like, they show me no love. Like, fuck mm. out of here. Get yeah, the fuck there's, there's out. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. Have I told you about... I don't know if I, I feel like I've told you this before, but, you know, I've, I've always heard of, you know, the fetishization that happens. I've always heard of like, you know, the white women that only date black men. I've always heard of the black men that only date white women. And I've seen it. I've seen it personally, but it wasn't until I went on this date in 2000, it was 2019. It was recently. This Mm -hmm. was recent. Um, I went on a date with this guy from Tinder and he straight up asked me, he's like, so what, do you only date black guys? And I was like, no, I date many different people. And I was like, I I like mocked it. Like I repeated the conversation back to him, but mocked him for it. I was like, what, do you only date white women? And he was like, well, yeah. And I was like, what? And he's like, 
he, he, he said, he's like, I don't know, black women are always like, you're not man enough, you're not this, you're not that, da, da, da. I'm like, and I, I had a conversation with him, and I was like, I, I feel like you're just not giving people a chance, I feel like that's like very closed off, and he was like, what, are you trying to set me up with one of your black friends, and I was like, what, and I have, I had never, you know, I had never had it that straight up in my face before you know it was it was Damn. wild yes. um Balls. yeah and now you know like and I've told you that I know I've told you this Jasmine but when I am on like dating apps and you know before I even now especially now because it's COVID but I mean I'm not even really meeting people in person anyway but I just have more time to talk to people because I'm not meeting them in person, if you will. Yeah. Uh, but I always ask, like, black men that I match with, I'm like, what is your dating history like? And if it's only white women, I don't even, like, go for it. Like, I, I get to that question, like, re almost right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Just because I'm not, like, if you're, if you're going to sit here and tell me that you don't, have a black woman in your life that you love or that you recently love then it's like I I don't want you to love me because that's weird you know what I mean? yeah like it's like yeah. how am I going to bring you around my my black girlfriends that I love dearly if you know it, it goes back to like making people feel safe yeah you know and and yeah. that goes for like friendship too I was going to say that earlier, back when I was trying to remember what I said. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like, it's it's super important because, you know, I'm even, I'm light-skinned and I'm mixed. And that's something that I have thought about when dating people. And it's like, okay, like, do you only want to, like, be with me, hook up with me, whatever, because I'm light-skinned, like, or, yeah. you know, whatever. Like, that's also a thing where it's like, some men, you know, you grow up in, I don't know, fucking pure, I don't know, a, a super white-ass town. I have no idea what Peoria is like, but I'm going to assume that's a white-ass town. Peoria is very white. Okay, great. I shot in the dark. Got it. Um, <laughs> and so, like, you dated within your demographic of, like, this is the dating pool. This is what's available. You move to a different city, somewhere a little bit more cultural, and, like, you branch out. Fine at least you're aware but like ones that are like nah I just I straight up I can't mm -mm. I'm like why why are you limiting yourself like that that's so weird yeah it's very limiting yeah it, it can go for anything like white people who have only dated white people it's like mm -hmm. you know or like like anywhere you know but like especially with that it just seems like it's more of a choice than an option, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean, are you are you choosing to date that specific race, or is that specific race like based on where you live, right? Your mm -hmm. only option, right? Because if yeah. you live in like an all white area, that's a different story. Because it's like, well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Truly. I want to go back to uh, what you said about 
uh, being light skinned and mm-hmm. the colorism that definitely can happen when it comes to interracial dating. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm just going to throw an example out there, but I remember back when I was working at Feather. So this was 2018 to 2019, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, one night, it wasn't the beginning of the night, so it wasn't like crazy busy, but these two white men were sitting at the bar and, you know, people started to come in. It started to get progressively busier as I could hear their conversation, but I, I didn't know how to put my finger on it at the time. And I remember posting on Facebook about it and people were like, yeah, it's just gross and fetishy and colorist, but they, they were talking about dating and they were talking about black women specifically. And I remember one, like I said, people were coming in. So, and I was like getting busier, so I could kind of hear what they were saying, but I remember them talking about that. And I remember one of the men saying, oh yeah, like Zendaya, super hot. Uh, Zoe, and I didn't know who Zoe Kravitz was at the time. I didn't know that, like, I knew of her, but I didn't know that she was, like, you know, in 2018 starting to get bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. They mentioned Zoe. I was like, I don't know who Zoe is. And then they mentioned one other person who was also light-skinned that the name is escaping me. And I was like, I don't know why this feels gross, but it feels gross. And like I said at the time, I, I couldn't really put it into words, but yeah, I posted it on Facebook, and some of, some of my friends were like, yeah, it's super cringy. And I was like, yeah, it, it just seems gross. Like, mm-hmm. I remember one white woman commented, uh, and this was a woman I did uh, yoga teacher training with years ago. And she was like, I don't understand what the big deal is. I'm dating a Hispanic man. And she tags him. She's like, do you think I'm fetishizing you? And she's like, I just don't like white men. They they creep me out. And I was like, okay, this this isn't the time to do that, actually. Yeah, that's not that's not it. No. No. Mm. Also, you're really just proving that you do probably fetishize you. your yeah. <laughs> Hispanic boyfriend. <laughs> right? If you feel feel type of way, honey. If the shoe but, fits. Mm-hmm. I I just wanted yeah I just wanted to talk more about colorism when it comes to interracial dating because I think that is a part of of interracial dating that people tend to look over, you know yeah. I I think when it comes to black men dating white women vice versa, um, there, there's there's definitely already an ongoing conversation with that, um, mm-hmm. but I think the colorism conversation isn't something that is talked about enough. Um, yeah, truly. I mean, it's like, like representation for dark-skinned black women wasn't there for the longest mm-hmm. time. It's still, it's not that prevalent um, as it as it should be. Um, there was a study that came out that said that dark-skinned black women are less likely to get married, um, just in general, because of how it affects how colorism is, affects the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, growing up listening to music, you would hear like, oh, light skin, yellow bone, this, that, and a third. And it's like, so you're putting us up on this pedestal when it's like, 
stop. Like, why, yeah. why, are we do- why are we doing this? And Danny Lee's recent scandal. Yeah, I was like, girl, you were asking for smoke when <laughs> you went and then you tried to defend yourself and you made it worse. Yeah. Like, why she was you like, I'm dating a chocolate man. And it's like, right, why are you like, referring you to the that? chocolate man? You're so why gross. Would you, why would you say, like, if you're... Uh, my if, my friend, uh, she replied, she's like, anytime anyone refers to a human being or anything living as food, I get really uncomfortable. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, why, like... Why would you say, you can say, uh, I don't think that some people realize, like some, some white skin women will be like, I'm light skin, and it's like, okay, why, like, are you bringing that up? Like, don't be weird about it. We can see. We got eyes. (laughs) And so that makes it kind of cringy. And when you have a history of like doing that and you're like, no, I can't be privileged. I'm to a black person and I'm dating an even blacker person. Like, bro, you just made it weirder. Like, why are you saying that? Uh-huh. You say like, you can just realize that like light skinned people have different privilege. I know most job opportunities that I've had in this city have been because I'm fucking palatable to white culture. Like I am very racially ambiguous depending on my hairstyle. I speak in a certain way. Like I know that that is a point of privilege for me. I am fully aware of that. And if you like try to ignore that and you try to like be like, oh, but I'm also a black person. It's like yeah, bitch, we fucking know, but, like, if somebody's saying, like, hey, I feel like you're taking advantage of this, this, and that, and, like, you could speak about this, this, and that with the way that you have privilege, the way that you are able to walk through life differently than I am, then you should say, heard. Mm-hmm. Like, I hear you. I acknowledge what you were saying. And then mm-hmm. you could do something about it. Yeah. It, it's, like... Yeah, and then when it comes to dating, like, just be aware of that, too. Like, a lot of yeah. like, colorism when it comes to interracial dating, and a lot of people, for the horrendous reasons as to why, don't date dark-skinned black women. Like, yeah, I, have a, I have a friend who has, who wrote a whole web series on dating um, with dating apps, and how, like, her whole message was that Black women and Asian men get the least amount of rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was like her whole um, storyline. Shout out to Kira Jones. Uh, she's doing great things. Love mm-hmm. that woman. But I, I think that, you know, when it comes to interracial dating with colorism, it, it's just like a huge thing to be aware about. Yeah. Like, bro, Serena Williams is the fucking... One of the most talented, beautiful, like, I was just hot. And she's mm-hmm. one of the greatest athletes, period. And people mm-hmm. were calling her a fucking gorilla, like, years ago. And then she went and, and married Alexis Ohanian, and they were like, oh, she went to the white man. And I'm like, y'all call her a fucking gorilla for years. What are you talking about? 
Like, she found somebody that she fell in love with, and she's with them now. Like, applaud her and say sorry. Right. Being an asshole for all these years to her because she's strong? Like, mm-hmm. because she's powerful? Like, the fuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Let's get in the first segment. Guilty pleasure drink. Oh, wait, didn't I say a gross one last time? I don't know what you said. I think I said white Russian. Because I gave you, like, the series. Yeah, my old series of, like, back when I could do dairy. Mm. When I was a shit drinker, I would just be like, anything goes. Mm-hmm. Was uh, old-fashioned into dirty martini with blue cheese olives into white Russian. You do... You do white Russian after the martini. Yeah, I chose violence. <laughs> I chose I, chose I used to choose violence. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why. Yeah. Um, you know that's really funny because I was I was uh what day was it? Monday I was like kind of, you know, cleaning around my house. And I, I remembered how like the first drink I ordered at a bar. While I was still underage, mind you, I, I would go to bars underage quite a lot. Um, but it would always be a white Russian. And I think about that now and I'm like, man, I used to be that annoying bitch that would go to like dive bars and ask for a white Russian when dive bars definitely do not have cream. Like, <laughs> Right? It's all expired. <laughs> Every time I remember, oh, fuck, what was the name of that? venue uh it was up north across the street from aragon ballroom it's close it's been closed what was it called? it was like a hippy dippy place it there was always gambling going on in the basement like what? they were probably like honestly there were definitely more illegal things going down there but it got shut down so many times and then the last time it got shut down it got shut down but it was like it was really old like it had been around there for for years and they had like it was a hippie place they had like a Jimi hendrix mural on the wall i'm gonna figure it out and i'm gonna get back to you because i googled it and it didn't pop up um underage cocktail was a mai tai i used to go and order a mai tai at every when i was underage i don't know why you probably had a lot of shitty mai tais in your day then oh absolutely (laughs) Just like a whole grenadine bomb. I don't really, I'm going to get slack for this, but I don't really like Mai Tais. Like, even a good Mai Tai, it's not, it's not my, my favorite thing. Girl, I don't even know if I've had one since I was 19. Really? Yeah. I just don't like Orjot. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Orjot. The texture, like, on its own before it's put in a cocktail is a little weird. It looks like cummies, and so it right. freaks me out. Yeah, it definitely looks like cummies. Um, it's just, yeah, it's like a weird almond flavor that you're mixing. I don't know. It's just not my vibe. I, I prefer like, if I'm going to do like a tiki cocktail, I prefer something with like a lot of nutmeg on it. Love me some nutmeg. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I usually like, if I'm going to do like super duper tiki, it's like a blended peanut colada. Mm. 
like that sounds cute. Co- coconut cream is my jam. That sounds good right now. Also, like it doesn't look as much like cummies as orjat, but it it still can kind of. Well, sometimes. If you really want to use your imagination. Yeah. I'm gonna say if your cum looks that white, I'm gonna be scared to get pregos like real quick. <laughs> you got super swimmers. <laughs> get away from me! <laughs> <laughs> Some of you may know that self-care is very important to me. You also probably know this about me, but sex positivity is the forefront in a lot of the things that I do. That being said, I would really like to introduce you to a brand that I care very deeply about, Unbound Babes. They started as a labor of love in tiny New York apartments and have grown to becoming a leader in improving how people explore and enjoy pleasure. Additionally, and almost importantly, they're a woman-ran and owned business. They have a team of about six people, and they all are women-identifying. That's what we want to see. We love women-owned businesses. Unbound Babes has a diverse catalog, which I think is really important because you want to diversify what you have in your self-care toolkit, yeah? From vibrators to nipple clamps to lubricant to condoms, you can really get it all in Unbound Babes. Use code LIFEOFLEG for 10% off your order. What do you, what, so what do you think is an important thing to do for people when entering into an interracial relationship? Like what are like important, like first couple two tree questions? I mean, so like if you guys have like same interests, same like kind of upbringing and stuff. Uh, first question, where was your family on January 6th, 2020? Mm. Mm-hmm. The first one. Going forward, if you're dating, ask that fucking question. Right. Um, second, I, I don't want to. I don't even want to deal with that as a white woman. <laughs> like, <fuck. laughs> right. I feel like just like dating. Period. Right. Where was your at January 6, twenty twenty? Twenty one. Yeah, twenty twenty one. Oh fuck, that's. Oh, it's God. all the same. It's all the same at this point. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> it's blended. It's blended. It's all the same. Until COVID's over, we're still in 2020. <laughs> and then I think just like, you know, when conversations arise naturally about, you know, race issues, whatever, like, just be transparent and don't have your guard up. Like and engage like engage in the conversations if you don't understand say you don't understand and like try to learn more but mm-hmm. don't just like put that in, like oh this is your space so you just talk and i'm just gonna sit here like engage let them know that like they're being heard and that it's being received otherwise it's gonna feel awkward for them on the other side like okay i guess i won't talk about that shit anymore right right and you could like, I feel like some people think, like, oh, I listen to, like, rap and, like, I grew up, like, watching, like, this, that, like, I'm in the culture enough. And it's, like, no. 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 Yeah. I, I think on another part of it, when it comes to, like, listening and being aware and being involved in the conversation and communities it's also learning, but it's also, you know, being aware of, like, any white fragility that may come up and defensiveness, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's, like, a big part of it all. I really hope that 
is the seat taken just doesn't turn into TikTok references from here and out, but I'm going to reference another TikTok. <laughs> I can't make promises, but <laughs> um, I saw a TikTok. This was months ago, but it was, it was of a, a black man recording himself in a Home Depot. And he's with his white girlfriend. And he was like showing her colors or something of like some sort of um like project that they were working on right they're like like looking at wood I'm pretty sure and he was like asking her like which one and she's like oh you know I love chocolate and he was like you can't fucking say that shit and he was recording himself and he was like now she's gonna go cry and I was just like are you sure you want to be in that relationship, bro? Like, if this if this white woman is just going to cry when you tell her not to use some microaggressions on you, then what? That. Yeah. But the comments were, were pretty funny, I'm not going to lie. but Yeah, comment section goes crazy. I feel like the comment section on TikTok is almost as good as Twitter. Oh, if, yeah. It's if not better cool. sometimes. I feel like the comment feature on TikTok is one of the most overlooked features on TikTok. Right? Kids are, <laughs> kids are funny. Yeah, I saw one that was like, <laughs> it, was, it was so cringy. I was like, oh, honey, please don't fucking do this. And it was like, like the, there's like a bit of trend like, tell me you're dating a black person without telling me you're dating a black person. And I'm like, stop, don't do that. You're making it, you're making it look, you're like, give, no, don't do that. Like, you're making it so bad. Please have cut you, it out. Have you seen the one of like the burnt toast? Mm -mm. It's a white woman that she's like, anyone else, but when you start dating, Black people, you just want, like, it starts changing your life. Like, I like my toast burnt to a crisp now. And then her boyfriend gets in the car and she's like, honey, do you like, like, she she does other examples too. But mm -hmm. burnt, burnt toast is, like, the one that really stood out because it was the worst one of them all. But her boyfriend gets in the car and she's like, babe, do you, do you like your toast, like, slightly toasted or burnt to a crisp? And she's like, see? him too I was like, what the fuck that's just called being in a relationship though like <laughs> you're gonna pick up your partner's relationship preferences you don't have to attribute it to like their blackness or not like right. yeah fuck like people are gross people are people really are gross and i feel like <clears throat> i feel like that's like another part of it it's like why why would you want to be in a relationship where microaggressions just happen all the time and it just makes it makes me feel icky you know what i mean yeah yeah i like my first like real boyfriend was white and he, he was chill he was fine um but his parents were very conservative very republican and it wasn't like a thing when you're 17 16 17 it's not really a thing to like be concerned about but i remember like the one thing that his dad had said when we were at dinner one time and I was like oh fuck no 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 I'm not gonna say it well I was like prompting him to say it so that he would know like mm. not me um it was after 
Obama had first got elected and they had started ruling out the Affordable Care Act. And, you know, he was ranting about it and like, oh, your grandma's insurance, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, and he only won because, and I was like, because what? Because what? What is it? What? Why did he win? And he mm. was like, oh, well, you know, he won. And I was like, that's so uncomfy to have to, like, date somebody and have to deal with, like, like, that's just so uncomfy. Right, yeah. So uncomfy. And there was a white, the the last white man that I ever was, like, involved with um, from at Q. He was super chill, super fun, super cute, like, good vibes all around. But he had one of those, like, go to the country club ass, like, go golfing ass families and i was like whoo mm. oh, it's not gonna work baby like mm-mm. Mm-hmm. peace be un- unto you and all Man. of yours i i finished binging the tiger woods documentary recently mm-hmm. and it goes into all that like the whole night have you seen it mm-mm, not yet mm, it's i will say it is definitely worth watching the only part that i didn't personally like about it coming from like a writing investigative journalist perspective because I can definitely put my head there based off of what I kind of do already Mm -hmm. um but they didn't have Tiger in the documentary Mm. they didn't interview him interesting Mm -hmm. and he's he's alive yeah very much so very very much so yeah (laughs) You you know he got in a car accident recently. Yeah, where he fucked his shit up. He flipped his fucking car over. I was like, I that know. is wild because I just finished watching the documentary and he he had gotten in a car accident years ago. Anyways, I I digress. ADHD moment. Sorry, y'all. Um, but they Nike once he got signed to Nike, right? Because he was one of the first people to get signed to Nike after MJ. And after mm-hmm. they, you know, saw how big that went, they they signed mm-hmm. Tiger. And, um, you know, his dad was a pretty, like, you are golfing kind of dad. Mm-hmm. And his dad was like, yeah, let's run it. And Nike ran a whole campaign that was like, hey, like, do you know that there are some country clubs that I can't still, like, I still can't play golf in? And it was, like, a really powerful message at the time in the early 90s. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, country clubs, man. Not it. Not it. I I get really I, – when I see people golf, I get really uncomfortable. I don't know what <laughs> You know what? Q and I will take you to Top Golf. Top Golf is tight. I don't know about golfing, golfing. I've never done that. that feels Am like- I going to get some top if I – Honey, do you get top after top golf? No, he said no, no top. I don't want to go then. Right? <laughs> it's so it's it's well, yeah, like I like putt putt. That shit's mm-hmm. fun. Mm-mm, not for me. Oh, yeah, that shit's fun. But golfing, golfing, I don't know about that. I feel like it's like an all day process, and then like they'll be like, yeah, we're. We're like riding golf carts, 
drinking beers. And I'm like, why are you blacked out playing golf? Right. That's like, a well, that's the thing of it all, too. Like, my, my dad used to play a lot of golf. And he had buddies that he would play golf with. And when he would get home from golf, he was always wasted. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) what happens when you go play golf? Like, are you guys actually, like, how were you even swinging? Like, you are so drunk right now. (laughs) Right? That's what I thought. I'm like, okay, so golf's a sport, right? So, sick. Sports. But then, like, over the years, like, serving people and stuff, like, I used to work at a golf club, sort of kind of like a resort. And people would come in from playing golf, and I'd be like, you need to go take a nap. Like, are you okay? Like, let me get you a taco, and you need to go get in your hotel room. Like, it's 4 p.m. It's 4 p.m. I don't know if it is still like this, but back in my hippy-dippy days, I'm a recovering hippie for any of you who don't know this about me. but um. I used to tour with this band, this dubstep band. Oh, my God. I listened to their music the other day. I was like, oh, my God. How did I not have anxiety all the time when I listened to this? And I was like, oh, my God. Wait, I did. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but they, their uh, tour manager had a key. And I don't, like I said, I don't know if it's still like this, but golf carts have a universal key. Mm-hmm. So we would be at all these music festivals, right? And he, they had universal keys, so they would just, we would just steal, steal. Like we would always return them, but we would steal the golf carts and ride the golf carts around, like high as shit on acid, and like three in the morning. <laughs> That's so nice, though. It was, it was very fun. It was very fun. I, I just needed to add that in there with you know country club and golf, so. If you can, if you can find a, I don't know if it's, I want to try it. Like if I could find a universal golf cart key, like I, I kind of want to cause some ruckus after COVID's over. <laughs> Catch you down Milwaukee, just <laughs> in the bike lane, going crazy. <laughs> Let's get into the next segment. Um, if you were president. So if you were like a world leader or a president, what what would you do? Like what would be some of your like top three to five executive orders? Oh shit. Well, not like presidents, but yeah. Right. Or like, you know, like ignore it, like what would you do for your current country? Ignoring would... Senate and Congress, like if you were able to just like this is what's happening, I don't need anyone's approvals type shit, you know? First thing, this is like super random, but I would release the real tea on aliens. Like, I just need to know. Mm. And I would share that with the world. That's something that's like super important. That's- Did you read the document that came out like over the summer? Yeah. But they're like yeah. neither confirming nor denying. Like, I want the real tea. No, I want the XYZ. The document that came out was like, no, confirmed. Like, where are they? I want to know where they're at. I want to know their location. Like, have we talked to them? I want to know, yeah. like, I want the full, like, Oprah-style interview about aliens. Yeah. That's the first thing. I, Second. 
I like how that's like your number one. You're like, aliens, bitch. I need to fucking know. I need to know the truth. I need to know what the fuck's up. Yeah. I know those are forever. Uh, secondly, I want um, to uh, do reparations for black people. Um, and with that, I want the U.S. to admit everybody they've assassinated ever under like federal coups. Mm-hmm. Um, and give those people their fucking money back. Mm-hmm. Um, third, um, like free healthcare, and then fourth, student loan debt. Like mm-hmm. executive orders, Congress. I wish you would fucking say something. Who gonna fucking check me? <laughs> Y'all gonna have to assassinate me after all this shit. Cause... And then I'm gonna probably go to the Senate floor and call everybody a bitch asshole. <laughs> Listen, oh, you I'm, bitch gonna down, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tear down the, um, the J. Edgar Hoover building. I'm just gonna fuck the CIA. Turn it down. I mean, I think... I think with that, too, like, every Confederate white supremacist murderer monument in name in the whole country can get wiped. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, I was listening to a live, um, it was Erica Hart's live. She's I Heart Erica on Instagram, but she mm-hmm. just exposed Columbia for the harmful behavior that they did to her because they let her go sometime last year. So she, she did a live about it and she was, you know, explaining, she's like, Columbia owns is the second largest landowner in New York or something like that. It was built by slaves and, you know, she, she goes into it. She's like, and I was like, oh, man, I, I, I didn't even think about that before. Like, how many universities and colleges in this country were built by slaves? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think I think that's also, like, a really important thing to think about when it comes to, like, you want all these monuments torn down, but it's like, okay, all of these universities that are exploiting people, literally, Truly. for education. Really. That's really what it is. Really need to pay reparations. Truly. Um, most, I mean, most of everything, like infrastructure-wise, old buildings, major cities were built off the backs of black and brown people. And, uh, you know fucking Chet Hanks? Tom Hanks' son? Problematic ass son? Mm. I, I only know him from that drug movie with with that other dude in it. What's that movie called? Which one? What's the Jack Black? He did a movie with Jack Black where they were all like high on drugs the whole time and his chat was trying to get into college. Oh, I'm looking it up. Let's oh, see. thank you. <laughs> You're doing my job for me. I'm so sorry. What is it called? Wait, Project X? I don't think so. That he was in that. But anyway, he, um, so he's, like, been kind of, like, a laughing stock for a little bit, because he'll be, like, he'll talk in, like, a Patois accent. Orange County. Oh. Orange County. 
I've not seen it. Okay. Yeah, so Jenny, you're, go you're, you're better off, honestly. Oh. <laughs> it was not a good movie. <laughs> he'll talk in, like, this Patois accent and shit, and he'll, like, try to, like, all, like, island and stuff, and I'm like, you're Tom Hicks on Blah Blah. Be yourself. Um, And people have been like, can you fucking stop? Like, enough. Stop. You're white. Like, stop doing it. And then he had said, um, in regards to cultural appropriation, like, okay, but people put on cowboy hats. And I was like, girl. What? Honey. As I if didn't... cowboys were not black and Mexican people. Right. Right. I did not even know about all of this. You're you're educating me on how problematic Chet Hanks is. He's I'm like, girl, if you don't get out of here with this nonsense, this tomfoolery, like your dad is an unproblematic king and you are just ruining it for the family. Yeah. Lily stuff. Um, so what are some things that you think parenting-wise and interracial relationships need to happen? Uh, first, if you're a white mom, please learn how to do black kids' hair. Like, it's it's very important as far as, like, for, especially for, like, your daughters and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Their idea of beauty and self-confidence comes from that. Mm -hmm. So that's super important to teach them to, like, love their hair, take care of their hair, you know, gas them up and shit like that. Um, having, like, a good balance of, like, them being a part of their culture and, like, seeing themselves represented, that's also mm -hmm. super important, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, like, the, the two main things is, like, build your kids up with confidence that, like, they are hopefully, – hopefully they were made with love. Um, sometimes, you know, late one, one night stands happen, baby, but – Hopefully, like, you raise them to love themselves and to reinforce the idea that, like, their blackness is important. Right. Yeah. I, th I think that's especially important, too, um, if you're raising them in a predominantly white area, right? Because mm -hmm. even, mm -hmm. like, white mother or white father and then you, you know, move to the suburbs or wherever, whatever white city you move to and... Mm -hmm. the the farther you get away from it the you know kind of more complicated it can get mm -hmm. right like you feel Absolutely. a little I'm assuming that you can feel more and more detached from from your roots Absolutely. You like because I was born in DC spent time lived there until I was 12 and then moved to Tucson oh I didn't know you were born in DC mm-hmm Oh, yeah, yeah. My mom's from my both my 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 dad emigrated here. He moved to Maryland. My mom's oh. from Maryland, and we lived right outside in DC. Nice. And that was beautiful. Have you ever been to DC? Oh, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Everything's free. All museums are free, so that's nice. Nice. Uh, crab season is the fucking tits. Ooh. Like, if you just go, like they'll have like these like buses like um it's like before food trucks were a thing but they would have like these buses they would have like an old school bus that they would just like clear out and put a whole bunch of like boilers in and shit and so you can go and get like a bushel of crab for like 30 40 bucks and you can either get them steamed or you can get them fresh 
you got them steamed, you'd get them with like Old Bay seasoning and all the fixings and shit. Mm. And then you would just like go buy a newspaper, go to a random park, lay all your newspaper out and just go ham. I love crab. Crab is like the only crustacean that I really like. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And then like DC now is super duper nice. Like when I went last, like you can go to the wharf by the water. There isn't really a skyline because of how their like building codes are, but like walking through Smithsonian Row, super tight. You can go all the museums. Um, it would take you days. Um, around Christmas time, it's super beautiful because you get to see like the menorah lit up and the Christmas tree lit up and oh, cute. Yeah, and super cuties. But yeah, growing up, it was Chocolate City, and you see successful black people everywhere. Just like, mm-hmm. it was like nothing. Like, it was no big deal. For some people, they don't see that until they're adults. But it was just like a regular part of my life. My family was like, in my opinion, very regular, like, regular homes. Like, all the people that I grew up with went to Howard, went to Georgetown. Like, they have established careers. It was just like... So much culture. Yeah, it was, like, black excellence, and then it also was multicultural. We would have, with my grandma, we would go to the market, and she didn't speak English very well, but, like, any type of thing that we did where she knew that there wasn't going to be English-speaking people there, like, or there, that there was going to be too many, she would just be like, okay, like, let's go to a market where, like, a Honduran market or, like, a Dominican market or whatever. There was all this shit to do. So to go from that to Tucson, which is a giant fucking suburb. Right. Full of white people. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. It was like at the age of twelve was a super like culture shock. Wow. Yeah. And so I'm very grateful for the my family and my mom and like them raising me up to be like, You come from strength, you are black, there that is beautiful, like don't ever feel ashamed about that, like mm-hmm. whatever, because the culture there would be like Oh, why do you use hair? Why do you, why do you wash your hair once a week? Why do you use hair reset? Like that's dirty. That's gross. And I was like, actually, it's fucking nice. Yeah. You're like actually, bitch. Yeah. Get the fuck so out those of things my when you're having you know black children being raised in the suburbs or areas where you don't have access to a lot of black culture, you have to reinforce things like that to be like, you're beautiful. You're normal. You're great. Like. Yeah. All the bit so that they don't feel insecure about things that white culture may not understand. Right. About black about blackness. Yeah. Just just reaffirming over and over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh let's get into the last segment. Um, high thoughts. some high thoughts that you've had recently you don't have to be high just maybe just silly random thoughts you've had what are some high thoughts oh when i was super stoned leaving your house uh one night with the day that you gave me the samples ah uh i took an edible before leaving my house went to your house i think i went and did something else but it was snowing that night Uh and as i got 
Into My Parking Spot, About to Go in the House, uh, Good Days by SZA was playing in my car, and the snow was coming down, and I felt like I had, like, just stepped into Narnia, and I was like, oh my god, it's so pretty. I thought that was, like, the happiest I would ever be in my life. Oh. It was so, just, like, like, the snow was, like, glistening, and, like, the strings to the music, I was like, oh. Oh, no, I had another high thought. I was high the other night and watched Aretha Franklin videos for, like, three hours and cried. And cried. Yeah, it was beautiful. She snatched her wig off, and I was like, (laughs) why is she so great? That was your high thought. Why is Aretha Franklin so great? (laughs) Right? It's like, who randomly thinks of Aretha Franklin at 2 a.m.? Oh, man. The weird holes that'll go under when I can't sleep at 2 a.m. Right? Yeah. Um, what, what would you like to see change when it comes to interracial dating? What, what do you think would be for the betterment of the world? Like, if people stop posting about it so much. Like, like, don't post on TikTok and being like, tell me you're dating a black person, don't tell me you're dating a black person. Or, like, mm. hashtag, like, interracial couple. Like, shit like that. Like, is, like, just be a couple. Yeah. Just be a fucking couple. Like, stop. Stop making it cringy. Yeah, it's not a prize. And it's also, it doesn't have to be, like, something super negative. It's if it's your relationship, it's your relationship. Let that be your relationship. Like, don't dangle it in front of people's faces as if like, oh, I've made it. I'm in an interracial relationship. Like, just don't be fucking weird. Like, love the person, love them for who they are. See them where they are, and like, if you are trying to be somebody's partner, be their fucking partner and be there for them. Be aware, be attentive, be accountable. Mm-hmm. Like. You're gonna be in an interracial relationship. Just be in the fucking relationship. Mm-hmm. Don't be a weirdo. Yeah, like be in it and all that comes with it. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, that was great. Thank you so much for for joining me this afternoon. Yes, of course. I'll see you soon. I'll see you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>